This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. With the growth of cryptocurrency in recent years, the expectation is that we're going to see some level of regulation from governments around the globe. But there's still quite a bit of unknown around cryptocurrency, and that could lead to a distinct disadvantage for regulators in figuring out the right path for the future. Sarah Hammer joins us with more on this. She's managing director of the Stevens Center for Innovation and Finance at the Wharton School. Hi, Sarah. How are you today? Hi, Dan. I'm great, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This question of of understanding, of getting a better handle on cryptocurrency is something I I think about and I know a lot of other people think about right now. And and I think it's a a significant concern before we're able to make significant strides going forward. I think you hit the nail on the head, Dan. It's really an interesting area. And for those of us focused on the future of finance, it's taking a lot of our time and energy Um, I testified on this issue recently in Congress in the House Financial Services Subcommittee on oversight, and there's a lot of attention paid to, as you mentioned, the uncertainty around crypto, and we just don't have the data that we need to begin with. Um, There's no official data source. A lot of the exchanges that we might have online might be unreliable in terms of determining the market size and risk. So that's sort of challenged. One And then, as you mentioned, challenge number two is, you know, how does the existing regulatory framework apply and what else needs to be adjusted? So these are all things that I anticipate we're going to move forward on as quickly as possible. Uh, But there's there's definitely a lot of uncertainty around it. So my first question then off of that to you is, how do we think of cryptocurrency moving forward? Because... I think that's step number one, whether it actually is part of, of kind of the currency path that we have here in the United States and also in other countries around the globe. Right. So that's such an important question, Dan. And it's complicated because there are so many different facets to cryptocurrency. There's the cryptocurrency that we Think about when we hear about Bitcoin, for example, or Dogecoin, or, you know, the other names floating around in the crypto world that a retail investor can go online and buy. And the big question there is, is that a security or not for legal purposes? If it meets the test of being a security, um, then the Securities Exchange Commission will regulate it. And there have been several cryptocurrencies that do meet that test, but were not properly registered with the SEC, and so they've faced enforcement action. Um, By the way, Bitcoin would not meet that test because there actually is no central Bitcoin company. There's no CEO Bitcoin. There's no corporate headquarters. There's no employees of Bitcoin with revenues. Um, It's truly a decentralized network. So, You know, that poses a different kind of challenge to the regulators. Um, But cryptocurrencies like XRP, for example, are under the microscope because regulators do think that they may meet the test for security, and therefore they should be registered with the SEC and follow the rules and regulations and disclosure requirements that other securities follow. And then we have sort of a whole group of cryptocurrencies called stable coins. And those are actually under the microscope this week in Washington, D.C. 
um, with Treasury Secretary convening the president's working group to uh, discuss what a stable coin is and how it should be regulated. And a stable coin, just to take a step back, is basically a cryptocurrency that claims to be pegged to a stable group of assets. So, for example, it might be backed one-to-one by U.S. dollars, but it might also be backed by that isn't stable. And the problem there is that we've had stable coins, um, most notably one called Tether, that claimed to have been backed by U.S. Treasuries that weren't actually backed by it. And so there's a whole issue around, you know, what's an investor getting if they buy a stable coin? And importantly, what is the risk to the financial system? So, you know, we've had financial crises now that were focused around um, investors pulling out of assets that were considered to be so-called safe, like money market funds, for example, or runs on banks. And and these are um, groups of assets that are considered to be stable or safe. So yeah. if a stable coin isn't truly backed one-to-one by dollars, or even if it is, the big question then is what happens as this market becomes bigger and we have a financial crisis, how is that going to impact the whole system? Um, so this week, actually, regulators um, and the heads of the banking regulators are meeting to discuss what should be the regulation for stable coins. Um, and those are sort of two of the big areas that are currently under consideration. But there's a whole sort of ecosystem around cryptocurrency and blockchain yeah. generally that needs to be considered as well. You know, the exchanges that these things trade on, are they properly registered? Many of them, in fact, are not registered with the Securities Exchange Commission. And so we might have, for example, an exchange that is trading a cryptocurrency that's designated as a security and should therefore be registered with the Securities Exchange Commission, but isn't. And these are, these are all really problems that the regulators are scrambling to address. Going back to the data uh, issue for a second, if, if I can, what would be what would it take to be able to get to a point where we would have, I guess, kind of a more centralized data source to be able to gain more information around the various cryptocurrencies that are out there? Right. So that's such an important question, Dan. And it's something that I spoke about uh, when I testified recently. Um, And, you know, just for comparison, one of the reasons that we're concerned is that the ballpark estimate of the size of cryptocurrency place it, you know, at at least $2 trillion of market capitalization and maybe more. And so if one were to compare that size of the market to, for example, the size of subprime debt before the great financial crisis. That's more than twice the size. Um, And then going back in history, if we look at other financial instruments that were relatively unregulated, the one that really stands out in a lot of our minds is credit default swaps. And I um, started my career as a credit default swap trader, and um, I came into the market you know, when there was more data available and the contracts were becoming standardized. But really, before the great financial crisis, there was very little regulation around credit default swaps. And so when the crisis hit, 
people were kind of like, well, what are these things? And there's so many of them. And who has exposure? And that's really what we face with crypto is, you know, not having a centralized data uh, source, not having a central regulator. Um, so what I'm advocating for is that the Treasury Secretary convene the Financial Stability Oversight Council, which is an entity that was created after the financial crisis under the Dodd-Frank Act that includes the heads of all of our financial regulators. So that means all the banking regulators, both of the markets regulators, um, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, because crypto really touches all aspects of our financial system and really collect the data through that entity and have the Secretariat of the Financial Stability Oversight Council be responsible for helping the FSOC study this issue. And then importantly, um, one reason I think the FSOC is the appropriate place for us to study crypto and then to develop a policy framework for it is that it can also coordinate with the states and internationally. And, you know, as we all know, crypto is really global. Um, You know, we hear about some of the companies that originate in the U.S. um, expanding to Singapore, the U.K., um, or other locations. And so there really needs to be international standard setting around these issues. And then we actually have more than 31 states now that are legislating around blockchain and crypto. Um, And some states, you know, Wyoming, for example, um, or Nebraska, are really trying to develop regulatory frameworks that are very pro-crypto, pro-blockchain to attract those businesses. So there needs to be a decision made about what needs to be regulated at the federal level and who's going to do that. And we need to work with states to do that. So I I feel like the FSOC is a great place for us to collect our resources, look at data, study it, and then coordinate with all of these parties. Sarah, thanks very much for your time today. All the best. Sarah Hammer, Managing Director of the Stevens Center for Innovation and Finance at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.